Online Podcast 437. Hello, ladies and gentle whores. Welcome back to Online Podcast. It is me again. I'm recording again on a Friday, but this week I have a co- I have a company right here with me. And those of you who have been listening to online podcasts for a while, you probably heard the episode called uh, "What Is It?" Knowing or Finding Kathy and Knowing Kathy. Those two episodes back in 2011. That's when we we uh, did the recording, and um, I will introduce you to her first, and then we'll give. People who may not have heard those past episodes, you can go back and look for them uh, on onlinepodcast.com. Or we can also give you a brief uh, explanation of how we met, blah, 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 and so forth and so forth. So welcome, Kathy. Hi, everyone. Hi there. Hi, John. <laughs> it's good to see you. We're, we're yeah, on Skype so we can see each other. And she's still mm-hmm. in her pajamas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Should I not have said that? I just ruined her. She's in this beautiful <laughs> gown. <laughs> It's because it's so cold here. It just just turned to winter yesterday. So oh, I know you're in your jumper. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, right? And sorry, I'm late too for my recording. <laughs> oh no, I'm like about a half hour late. Not about exactly a half hour late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, what was gonna? Okay, so let's say Kathy. I know Kathy. Why didn't you explain? Like just briefly, like how how we. I suppose it's through the Penang Hokkien podcast. Mm -hmm. I started listening to that. I found out, I I went back to have a look at when I first listened to the Penang Hokkien podcast, and I think it's 2005. Mm -hmm. It was when they had that poster in Taiwan on the, um, someone put it on the site which says, take a pookie home to Uh, to cuddle. Oh, yes. That that was was fairly early. That was fairly early. Mm -hmm. So I started to listen from then on. And then I was always a bit too chicken to to take part because I didn't think my Hokkien was good enough. But, um, uh-huh. And then I think it was Along, wasn't it? He must have told, like, posted a, a video of me, I think, back then. Maybe so. And, or yeah. sent it to you. Yeah, yeah somebody he... did it. You found out about it, and yes. then we talked on this on the on the podcast. Yeah. I don't even remember how we connected. Did I write to you or? I think you wrote to me because um, uh, you got that video, and then and then I think Along gave you my address. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe you or maybe guys, I maybe, or maybe I wrote to you. Well, I don't. Re- I, yeah, I don't remember. But but anyway, uh, yeah. it was a while back. It was back in 2005 that that through Penang Hokkien podcast that we our paths sort of crossed. And I don't know when we actually started talking. I don't know, fairly immediately or not. I don't know. Uh, but I've been encouraging Kathy at that time to come on to the Penang Hokkien podcast. And the reason is that. And she, you, you're, uh, you were born in Australia? Not born in New Zealand. You're born yeah. in New Zealand, but you, you live in Australia. In Australia, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and you are Caucasian. Yep, uh, a whitey. Whitey, yeah. I'm more, I'm more. I'm, I'm more. But, but she speaks uh, a very good Hokkien. And so that caught my attention. So I invited her uh, onto the show several times. That's kind of how we get to know each other. However, the twist is that when I knew Kathy, Kathy was Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so and those of you who listened to the show before, you know, we in, in uh, I looked it up. It's three ninety four and three ninety five. It's finding ah, Kathy yeah. and knowing Kathy. This is again back in two thousand eleven, and uh, so you can go and listen to that. And we talked quite a bit about how she discovered herself, and also you were in the, that was pre surgery, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, a long time. So, long time back. so let's catch up then from that point onward. Since you came and chatted with me on the show, what happened then after well, that? Um, I think in October I'd only just started taking taking hormones. Yes, maybe about yes. three mo- three months previously. Yeah, yeah. And I I suppose if that was October, that also meant I'd almost just handed in my. Oh no, no, that was another. Oh gosh, I can't remember. Now. Do you want to li- um, do you want to listen to your voice then? No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I can already 
Okay. The only time I listen to my voice is the one when, when I'm speaking in Hokkien. There's ah. those videos are still up that my friend ah. um, Sim put up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, um, and I'm really, really different in there. I'm quite yes. surprised at Yes, you were. And that, that, that's what I was saying. So if you go back and listen to that, and those are also captured in the time capsule yeah, yeah. of podcast. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but still, yeah, yeah, tell us what happened since then. Um, well, I think, had I, I think I'd gone home for the first time as well, perhaps. You were I telling me about... I my grandmother. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. It was that's right around right. that time, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then I came back and... and uh, that was the first time I think I went into work like yes. that because everywhere outside my workplace, I was Kathy and I was still going in as a man to, um, mm-hmm. to work at that time. And then I, I said, well, I, I had to change my name because I needed to hand my doctoral thesis in and I didn't want my male name on or my old name ah. on the thesis. So, um, so I had to change it, but then it went into the computer system for the university and everyone was going to find out. So I just thought, ah, I'll tell them anyway. So I think I told you I used to work as a, a night watch mm-hmm. on the night. Yes. That, on the night. Yeah. Um, so um, finally I, I had to tell them as well. So um, and I, they were, and, I came in. And, and, hmm? and they were pretty okay, right? They were fine, yeah. yeah. In fact, one of them did me a great service and gossiped to everyone, so I didn't have to tell people. <laughs> Sometimes that's the toughest, right? Yeah, Sometimes, yeah, like, that's right. The fact that you have to go and tell everyone, that sometimes is tougher yeah. than, you know, that's letting right. people, because you already have no problem letting people know. You got to just, the, right. the fact that you have to go yeah. tell them is sometimes tough. Yeah, exactly. And I only ever had one person who wasn't very nice to me. Like, everyone else was lovely can and, t- and can, really, can you- really good. Can you tell us what, what what that was? The not so nice. Oh, she she suddenly became quite rude and wouldn't wouldn't talk. She used to always talk to me a lot, and then she didn't want to want to mm. talk to me anymore. After that. Yeah. But she left, and then after she left, all these people came and said, "Oh, we're so glad she left. She was really Aww. rude." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just me. I didn't even tell them that, but they just told me that. So, mm-hmm. um, so I felt a bit vindicated after that. Um. <laughs> Then uh, I handed my thesis in, mm-hmm. and then I felt my first, like, I worked on that for about seven years, so afterwards I didn't know what I was going to do with myself, and I fell into a bit of, like, for the first time in seven years I had nothing to work towards and nothing to do. Mm, kind um, of lost? That was very difficult. Mm? Yeah, I felt lost? really lost. Mm. Um, and, but that didn't, well, that didn't last for so long, but what happened was my hormones weren't strong enough. So I was uh, starting to grow grow hair again in, mm. in all the wrong places. And um, so I went to the doctor and got prescribed something quite strong, which is called Andrecure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has the side effect. And uh, this was in December by that time of making, um, making people quite depressed. Oh. And that was very difficult. That first oh. month on Andrecure, I just all the time – I could see the changes it was making in my body, but I really just wanted to shoot myself. Oh, I was wow. thinking about that constantly. And uh, what upset me even more was that I thought in the f- when, when you talked to me, I was pretty happy back yes. in October. Yes. But I thought, oh, that's cured all of my depression from the past and uh-huh. my problems from the past. But actually, no, it didn't. I thought then it all came back and I thought, no, nothing's ever going to get fixed. I'm going to be like this forever. Mm. And what's the point in living? And it got very bad. And I went to, um, yeah, I, I made sure I told people about it because it was getting to the point where I'd start looking at things and wondering how I could do it. Uh, like looking at knives and things like yeah. that. And just, just a little bit dangerous. So I made sure I told a lot of people just to look out for me. Yeah. And, and also, uh, also you, you were, you had, history of depression right Be, prior to yes in the past yeah. yeah yeah sometimes i think um like back then i didn't realize how serious it was because i just thought it was normal mm. and that i was just that kind of person but actually what it was was that as soon as i got rid of the the gender problem i felt really great but actually it wasn't feeling really great it was just feeling like normal people feel uh-huh that's that one once i tweaked that it that was what really drove me to, to transition fully. I just wanted to feel, I found that that's not feeling great. It's just feeling normal. And you yeah. can actually feel even greater than that. Mm-hmm. But, but this medicine destroyed it all, which was um, for quite a while. As long as I took it, I had very bad mood swings. I see. For, 
right did, you, until... did you feel did, did you know that is going to be one of the side effects so did, did you yeah, know you that? know what i forgot for two days and that was the worst two days hmm. and then i remembered of course the doctor said that and i'd just forgotten about it this is what happens huh. and then then i could deal with it a bit better it didn't always work to to deal with it but if once you can remind yourself that something is a depressive thought and it's not it's not real it's just it's just your body mind yeah it's your chemical tricks on mm -hmm. yep then you can deal with a lot a lot easier i think uh, then you realize yeah i didn't always feel like this and now i feel like that but i'm not going to feel like that in the future it's it's when you feel that, that it'll always be like that and it, it makes you forget that things can change again yeah that's the sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah hmm so um, I ended up taking that for a long time. I took it right up until the end of November last year. Did you have to take any other things to kind of uh, uh, counter that that side effects, or did you just deal? I dealt with it in the end, and it the the really bad depression it wore off after a month. So by the time the new I started on December the ninth, two thousand and eleven, and by yeah. The first ten days of January, it had kind of sorted itself out a bit. Mm -hmm. So, plus, and you, and you, you have was was that those periods of depression, uh, or at least those thoughts, were as serious as before you actually dealt with your your uh, gender identity, or less, or how would you describe? I think it? actually they were they were worse because I was kind of thinking about, um. Yeah, oh, maybe when I was a teenager, actually. They're about the same as when I was just about 12, 13, 14, round about like that. Mm -hmm. um, whereas later on, I would I would fall into depression and just not want to talk to anyone or do anything very much. But I hadn't... Oh. Yeah, these were more constant, and they lasted for very long. The, the very black moods lasted for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I'd get in a black mood before, but I just sort of knew that that was going to happen. And maybe I'd, I'd try and think, oh yeah, you're going to feel better later on. You won't always feel that bad. This is back in the past. Yeah. So actually the, the medicine really, really had a bad effect on me. Yeah. I think, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's hard to imagine the difference though, between the depression from the medicine and the depression before. Because I could never name the depression from before. I didn't know what the reason was for me feeling like it's that. It's only feeling, it's feeling the normal that makes you realize that that How was bad. How bad it was. yeah, okay. that's right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm. And uh, did, did you have to, I mean, it's, uh, you know, did your, that, the, the depression that comes with the medication, mm -hmm. during that period of time, did you have any thoughts or, or any uh, additional worry about your transition at that time? Ah, yep. it, that's it, another thing. And yeah. and also it made me quite tired as well. That, But that, yeah. So what it was was, yeah, I thought that, so okay, the first day I went full time, I went into a shop and got called sir. And I thought, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> and that would happen occasionally yeah. at the beginning. And it, um, it's kind of um, whenever that happened, that would actually throw me into throw me into a bit of a bad spiral as well mm -hmm. uh, for a few days, because then I thought, you know, I'm never going to get the chance to live just as a normal yeah. woman. It's not going to happen because all the time there'll always be people coming and saying that mm -hmm. or noticing something about me. But actually, um, I got in contact with other people, um, and they'd said, you know, that always happens at the beginning, and and time is on your side was what I read somewhere. So the longer you stay, um, the longer you live as a woman, the longer, the, the less obvious you become and you start to, you start, things start to shift and nobody, yeah, after about three months on that, on those pills, I noticed that people stopped. I didn't get looked at so much in, in sort of a, in a sidelong glance. I didn't, um, Men start acting differently around you as well. They would like yeah. stop and let you get on the bus first or something like that. It's quite the way people react to you is quite different. Mm 
And then I started to work on my voice as well. So um, around about that time. So let's talk about that because we re I remember we yeah. talked about that during the yeah. the recording uh, mm -hmm. two years ago. Yeah. Did you do it yourself? Did you look? Did you have help doing it, or how how did mm -hmm. it happen? I have a friend who um, transitioned about twenty years ago, mm -hmm. and she helped me actually at the beginning. And she uh, got me a present, which was a little voice recorder, yeah. and I put my voice in. And um, I I tried to get it up. It's it's not just a case of getting it up higher. It's a case of stopping it being. I remember you said a raspy voice. Um, it's a <laughs> Of stopping it moving down down here in the to your in, chest and the upper chest, yeah. yeah. And once I learned how to do that, it's just a. After that, it's just Shifting. a process of of practicing and doing it all the time, yeah. Yeah. And and so that you don't forget. And sometimes because of I mean the people I know and who I live with, they know me. They know about me, so I have a bit more of a. Uh, I tend to get a bit lazy around them. So, oh, I mean, it, I, th I actually drop. think there's still more work to do on my voice. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds better than it did before, but it's not its not just how I want it. So. Okay. Can you but, produce the sound yeah. that, you want to, that you want to achieve? Like, you know, the, the sound yeah. that you, you want to in your head. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, mostly. But it's, um, it's but just tougher. Is it tougher to tough. get there? Okay. It's something that I have to think about. Okay. Um, and have to be conscious of doing, and that takes up a bit of time. When so I can't can't immediately. I, sometimes if I'm talking to someone I don't know, and I don't, and I, I'd prefer them not to to sort of. They say read me or guess guess what my past is. Uh -huh. Then um, then I tend to bit get a little bit self conscious about it. Uh -huh. I think um most of the time I just don't. I don't think about it so much anymore. Okay. Uh, there was a time, like in my before, I used to just talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, I'd strike up a chat with all sorts of people, mm -hmm. and then for about a year, I wouldn't do that because I did. I was just so nervous about my voice. But I've, I've just, I've noticed I just start doing that again, which is, um, which is quite nice because yeah. I kind of like that doing that. In the, uh, in the process of of uh you know training your voice mm -hmm. do you do you find yourself just like the physical the outside hearing your voice changing which i can tell also you know from the previous yep. recording uh did, how does that help you or did it did it help you mentally and emotionally how does that get you closer to to your true self um i think meaning it means that you don't feel so worried about people because sometimes when you say true self, other people, if they read, read you as male, yeah, they'll never think of you as your true self. They'll always think of you as male. Ah, it's yeah. very, very difficult for people in Western countries to think of somebody who they've read straight away as male to change their idea. They can't, it's very hard for them to do that. Um, and then you'll get people who refer to you as, start referring to you in the third person as he and all sorts. And that's just really, I find it quite upsetting. So psychologically, having not having people being conscious of, of um, conscious of, uh, or past. not having people saying male straight away is actually psychologically comforting for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I, and, and the voice is just part of that process of, 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 um, yeah, it, it stops people from saying okay. he. So, so it really, it really isn't the the. It really isn't the voice that affects you acknowledging your true yeah. self. It's more of the reflection of uh, the voice. Sort of re uh, allow other people to bounce back their response that sometimes could cause yes. you to be okay. Yeah, yeah that makes that's sense. Right. And yeah. do you find? Do you find? Uh, talking about your past troubling or i mean you, 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 you obviously you're here talking about your past yes, in a right. way yeah look i've i've often been thinking about this i mean um there's someone else who uh that friend of mine she made youtube videos of me a while back and i don't i don't know whether sometimes i think yeah maybe i don't like to talk about my past too much uh -huh. but 
it's it's I've re- I've written a lot about it. I wrote a blog for most of last year, mm-hmm. so from April up until up until January of this year, just describing everything that went on. Um, you gotta send me the blog. Is this something that yeah, I will public? Do, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think hmm, there's a point where I feel I need to move on, and I don't talk about it so much anymore as I used to because it doesn't seem to be helping you. It doesn't forward. seem to be relevant to me anymore. Uh, That's right. Now, the night before surgery, um, I was typing away on a blog post and I wrote this really long, angry post about my past and how I, well, it was not angry. It was just upset and looking back on the bad things about it. And I never posted that. I thought, and there was a, the sunset red over, over the sea mm. from my window. And I thought, you know, that, that just is a message to me just to forget about that and not think about it so much anymore. Um, I write it down for other people because I think sometimes it's helpful to, for other people to read other people's experiences. Yes. Um, but I, that particular sort of dwelling on all of the problems I had before, I don't really want to do it. And I thought that means I should just look forward to the future and, um, and, yeah. Well, I, will you? Will you at some point? Um, you know, p- and people. People are curious. I mean, me included. But I, you know, but you know me. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm respectful of 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 yeah. people, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but it's also not really my job. But it's it's being somebody who talked to somebody about their experience mm-hmm. is to be able to understand somebody's internal stories, all the stories that you never yes, hear. That's right. And I also think that by exposing people that that or experiences that you don't easily get to come across or be around if you are more exposed to that you 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 tend to be able to be more compassionate i think right you, you that's understand right people. Yeah, yeah uh but that said that said do you feel at some point you would rather not talk about your your being a male before or do you think that is part of your identity as well is I was Michael and now I'm Kathy. And mm-hmm. it's if not that you have to say, hey, I was Michael everywhere. Yeah. yeah but yeah. just kind of like my being gay, you know, it, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's part of me. Yeah. I accepted mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. I don't go out there and tell everyone I'm gay. You know, you That's discover right. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that how you take your, your, um, uh, gender identity or how to explain it in your own words? Yeah. I'd say that, yeah, it, at first, I needed to come out and explain to everyone, and this is—it gets to a certain point with somebody or with with other people, friends of mine, that that they get to a point where people don't see them immediately, as as they don't, they can't see their past immediately, and so they, after coming out, they go back in to a certain extent. Coming out of the closet, they go back into the closet, and that tends to be a really trans thing. I, it's not. And it's because, yeah, because it's not really about, it's not about, hmm, there's kind of a split, a split personality there. Um, There's a side of me that wants to tell people about this, about my experiences, because sometimes I think people talk too much about one kind of experience that is people who are very sure of themselves from an early age. And I've met a lot of people who aren't and they spend years worrying, Oh, well I mustn't really be trans because I don't have this experience. And I think that's important. Um, but hmm, I'm not really answering the question, am I? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, but I, I do have a, there, there will be a point, I think, where I don't want, I don't like to talk about it. Um, and the people I met when I was having my surgery, most of them had been transitioned for six or seven years, and very few of them talked about it very much. They didn't, uh, and it was just because it makes life easier not to talk about it. Right. Uh, and it makes life psychologically easier as well, because some people still... And again, that's like the voice. They will never accept you as as female if they know your past. Mm-hmm. So I have this different way of explaining it. 
if you explain uh, male to female transsexualism as uh, having massive hormone problems that made you be raised as a boy <laughs> and they have to be corrected with surgery later, <laughs> then then people can understand it. <laughs> yes. Because um, because of the black I and white that people the the black and white there's no gray it's it's hard for yeah. people to switch I think yeah do you and find that sometimes... you, you said the Western culture do you find it the same in Asia as well or or is it just everywhere well I think it might be everywhere in Thailand people there's there is the gray the gray does exist but I don't know in Thailand gray, the gray doesn't seem to be accepted as as fully female either yeah but they're not they're just um, the um, the Thai trans women or aren't really, they don't have the same kind of violence uh, and uh, they're not despised quite as, I think, as much as they are here. I mean, they have a lot of problems as well. They, mm -hmm. they can't change their identities for identity cards. I think they still can't change their identity cards mm. um, and passports and things. They're always classed as Mr. So-and-so. Um, but in Thai society in general, there's not a very, um, there's not a really strong negative, um, uh, view. It's, um, it's not as badly negative as it is here, I think. And when I say here, I actually don't get too much negativity because I live in a place where people just don't care mm -hmm. a lot of the time about things. Um, if I lived in another part of Australia or I go to a certain part, then, then things might be different, but, uh. Yeah. Uh, and as far as Malaysia, I mean, I know a Malay, um, a Malay woman who went, had to go back to Malaysia and she can't change her, yeah. her gender or even her name. She's not allowed to change. Uh -huh. Um, and she's quite highly educated and can't, and has a lot of trouble cause she, she is, she's Malay. She's not uh, Malaysian Chinese. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so Wow, that's that's I can't even yeah. imagine the stuff that you have to go through. <laughs> you know, it, I, and people don't people when when we don't talk about this topic, right? Mm -hmm. and, you know, the the the, the gay community included, mm -hmm. and it's well, I guess it's just human being. You know, you're not around that subject. You never think about it, or you rarely it rarely comes up in your head, and you never really think about that. Yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. it. it that's why I think it's worth talking about <laughs> as long yeah, as definitely. there's still game talking about it. <laughs> um, but I, um, what is, what is the biggest, you know, we'll get into the surgery uh, part as much as you want. Oh, we can, we can go to it right now. You had your yeah. surgery when? Uh, that was in December on December the 11th. So about uh, three, four months, four, four, four plus months. months ago, just over four months ago. Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I talked to another, uh, uh, another what's the name now? I can't remember. You, the last time I can't remember. Yes, yeah, so I remember. I remember tranny, you talking about yeah, her last yes, time. Yes, her podcast is yeah. called Tranny Rack, yeah. which is actually yeah. quite funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Last time I forgot too, and then I can remember, yeah. and I can't remember. She, she at that time too was post surgery. Mm -hmm. That I actually I talked to, I talked to her pre and post surgery. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I actually met her in person as well, and. uh and so I got a lot of details of, and and she was very game and very open with the uh -huh. whole process. And she herself is a podcaster, and so she actually yep. talked about it. What is uh, tell tell us as much as you you want to tell us about your the process leading up to your surgery? Okay. Um. So, in um, you mean the process of the the, the hurdles I had to go through, or, yeah, yeah. or um... things that you go okay. through hurdles and and mm -hmm. whatever process. Yep. Okay. Well, I had to go and visit a psychiatrist to um uh, you have to get a diagnosis of gender identity disorder, uh -huh. which I think they've actually got rid of. They don't have gender identity disorder. I think, I think it's just called gender dysphoria now. Uh -huh. In the new, um, to be able to go undergo surgery that's even in thailand that's the case ah. um i think i remember we touched that, that topic too yes. earlier yeah. yeah and i hadn't i hadn't gone to a psychiatrist before now in the u.s you need to go to a psychiatrist to even get hormones mm. but here i just turned up like this to um turned up to the uh certain surgery mm -hmm. um in canberra and they just that 
I talked to them and and they let me start with the I mean I think younger people they don't they probably I think they make them go to a, see a psychiatrist but uh-huh. they think that I was I didn't really have any problems so um other than needing to go on hormones so yeah. um I started taking them from from there so I'd never had anything to do with the um psychiatrist before yeah. um but I was recommended a psychiatrist up in Sydney, so I went to see him. And I was always really nervous because you think they have all the power, you see. Yeah. And um, uh, that they um, are the one that's going to give you the stamp of approval of whether they move right. ahead. Yeah. yeah. Another and, person yeah. you completely do yeah. not know. Yeah, exactly. And I got very, I got quite nervous. But on the other hand, I, um, I just go up there. I went up there three or four times. Um, uh, and had an hour session with him each time, and I just talked through about my um my life and what I and he asked me various questions, and eventually yeah I got I got a letter of approval. That was I started in maybe June I think, and I went up right up until September. I'd have an appointment with him, and I'd have to go up to Sydney for it. So that's about three hours away on the on the bus. Did you get um, Did you get worried? I mean, were there moments where you're like, "Oh my gosh, what what is my life going to be if he does not want to give you that letter?" Yep. Oh gosh, there's one day when I was very upset because um, I think he hadn't got an email of mine or something like that, and I yeah I I just I couldn't stand the idea of it. I was really upset about that, um, and then because you do get quite scared of them. Um, having that power over you, mm-hmm. and then I thought, you know, also I'd been told beforehand that that never to tell him that first of all to just go. There's a certain story that people tell, um, and to stick to that story. And I didn't. Ah. I decided I wasn't going to do that. I was just going to tell him what my life was like. Yeah. Um. So you don't tell people that you had some uh, that wearing women's clothes used to turn you on sexually. You don't tell them that. Um, I can't remember. Oh, that um, don't tell them you had any problems with your father. Don't tell them that you had any. Oh, that's like um, a checklist of taboo. Yeah, answers. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was all. It, I I thought, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to listen to that. I'll just tell them exactly what happened to me, and um, and see what happens. And I did that. And actually, that that way of thinking is quite old fashioned. I think maybe it was good for twenty years ago when people didn't yeah. think about this very much. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, I mean, I I said I didn't really know what was up with me until a, about a year before the last time I talked to you. I wasn't sure what the problems were. I knew they were there. There's a problem and something hidden inside me, but I didn't know what it was. And I just told him that as well. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of pressure on people to say, oh, I knew something about myself since I was three or four or something. Um. But I I just won't do that because that, I that must be really challenging because you know you have all sorts of. Identity um, issues, you know, and and then going through every process, and now here it comes again, where you have to then to get what you want. You kind of was advised to kind of go against who you are again. Yeah, mm-hmm. that must yeah. be challenging. Yeah, but I just didn't. I actually thought, no, I don't actually believe that. I'm not. I won't do that. Um, and sometimes I think people had a. The reason why some people had a more tortured childhood is because their parents were into forcing them to do something that they didn't want to do. Hmm. So, for instance, um, where I grew up, lots of boys were made to play rugby, or they, or maybe there were some of them were just interested in playing it anyway. Yeah. But um, I was my parents never forced me to do boyish things, mm-hmm. and if I wanted to go off and play with with girls, then off I went and played with girls. And if I wanted to draw pictures of fairies, then off you go and draw pictures of fairies. It wasn't until I got to 12 or 13 that things were said sometimes about about that. Um, but uh, basically, I didn't have parents who wanted to force me to do something. So mm-hmm. I think that made life a lot easier for me when I was a child. Um, and it wasn't until I got to being a teenager when there's a lot more peer pressure on what what men and boys should act like that was when the trouble started mm-hmm. and that was when i used to feel suicidal mm. and have a lot of yeah a lot conflict. of conflict conflict yeah mm. but then i thought you know if you just just do things that other people do you'll find that 
actually there's joy in that as well. So you can, you just like, for instance, straight sex <laughs> as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I talked about this before. It just, it felt strange, yeah. but I don't know why it felt strange. So I thought, you know, if you do that enough, you just do that enough, and you'll get used to it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know, same conversation for gay men too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that was really, um, uh, and a lot of things were like that. So, um, I think I'm repeating myself from the last, no, probably the last time. And, and one thing, one thing that, that I really got out of the conversations with you before was that you, it's kind of hard to know what it is, what it feel, what it's supposed to feel like, because you've never felt it before. Right. And you sort of yeah. become, it was, it was, you know, normal than before yep. you actually felt what normal felt like. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing mm-hmm. for your depression, the same thing for how you feel yep. about, uh, you know, when when sexually and yep. what exactly is, what, what are you supposed to feel like? I don't know. I've never felt that a certain yeah. way before. That's right. Oh, gosh. I was just thinking. Um, yeah. Oh, so thinking about the, the psychiatrist, he was actually really good, and, and I never – he. I'd say somebody else had said about him that he makes you own your own decision about things uh, when you sort of talk it through with him. Uh-huh. And um, I felt really good after after finishing and talking to him. I felt really good about it. And uh, then I thought, I, I, but by that time, I really had no doubts left in my mind about these these things. I knew it was going to be painful. I knew I was going to be out off. I couldn't work or do normal things again for maybe six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, the idea that I'd get to 10 more years would pass and I still wouldn't have done it. I just, I just hated that idea. And in Thailand, I met people who were six years, seven years living like that. And, and they hated that. They had a horrible time with it. So I'm glad I got it all over and done with. Mm-hmm. And that night watch that I used to do that paid for it actually. So, um, Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so I had no problems. I could just get it all over and over. So all the difficult stuff is done. Um, wow. Anyway, um, thinking about the process leading up to, to surgery, yeah. um, there was um, – so I got my psychiatrist letter. That was in October. And I'd booked um, to go. And my mother had promised um, – I'd sent her a book called True Selves, um, which is um, – and – because I, because you can read a lot about um, t- transsexualism or transgender issues online, mm-hmm. but a lot of it doesn't really. I didn't think a lot of it applied to me, so I bought this book called True Selves, and I underlined in pencil everything that I thought applied to me, mm. and I sent it to her, um, and she read it all. Mm-hmm. And after she'd read that, this was perhaps just after I talked to you. She'd said to me, or before that, she said, "Oh well, when you do have to go for surgery, because I think." I, I told her I wanted to, mm-hmm. um, that I'll go with you. So she'd arranged to go with me as well. Mm. And I had another friend who, who writes a blog as well that I linked to called Fuck Yeah Trans Lesbian. <laughs> uh, she, she, um, her and I, we'd, we'd been corresponding for a long time and we used to Skype together. And so Where's she, and she she's from New Zealand yeah, okay. and she's the same age as me. And she, we arranged to go at the same time as well. So also for her surgery. Also, no, she went, she'd been for surgery before and she went for a revision. Oh, okay. Uh, to make it look, uh, More I'll say. Delicious? Make a beautiful vagina. Oh, I see. That says hello. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm vagina. Yeah. Got a vagina lift. Um, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I did some really crazy things. Like, what what? I made I made some eyes and put it on the top so it looks like a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you when know, I was Skyping with a friend of mine. Anyway, that's afterwards. That's, I, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's in the next show. Because you know, I yes. I want to leave that the fun bits should, will come next fun week. <laughs> the fun bits you wanna see vagina with the eyes come back next week. <laughs> oh god. Anyway So did you so your mom went with you? My mum went with me. Um, uh, and so what – I stopped taking the Andrecur on at the end of November. Mm-hmm. And I went down to um, 
And I found immediately, once I started, I went on half doses for it, that my mood changed and got much better. Now, some of that actually has to do with testosterone bouncing back a little bit because that uh -huh. androcurd blocks your testosterone and stops uh -huh. any testosterone from getting into your system. So that's also what makes you tired because even um, natal women, they have a um, testosterone in their bodies from the adrenal gland and that was blocking all my testosterone so it was making me feel quite fatigued. Yeah. I was like, I felt kind of old. I'd always have a nap at about three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> um, so um, uh, I started feeling much more excited. I felt sexually uh, mm -hmm. aroused again. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask you too. I was just yeah. going to ask you because, uh -huh. you know, people, you know, I have friends with, uh, or just a uh, male friend who, mm -hmm. who, who has, you know, he didn't know what was going on. He's like, you know, he was tired and he's fatigued all the yeah. time and no sex drive and then found out that he has low t t uh, testosterone That's levels. Right. So I was just going to ask you, how did that physically affect you? Well, that was, that was, um, yeah, made me very tired all the time. And some of the tiredness, I think, was to do with the fati mental fatigue mm -hmm. of having to learn to act in a different way mm -hmm. um, and being conscious of it all the time. If you're conscious all the time about, oh, does that person know, does that person know, yes. does that person know, it takes up a big space in your mind. And that was what um, my friend Nikki, who writes Fuck Yeah Trans Lesbian, she told me that. So she was really, really helpful with a lot of these things, um, just talking to her helped me work out a lot of, a lot of issues. Um, because she was like me as well. She didn't really, wasn't certain of things when she was younger either. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what, what got me in contact with her. Is she'd written this blog. She was from New Zealand and, and she had a very similar, quite a lot of similar experiences to mine. Um, so that not having testosterone also killed now, that was what I felt kind of bad about, that it killed any sexual interest I had in anybody. Yeah. Now, I noticed from listening to other people, like, I know when you see a, a hot guy, you immediately look, huh? Mm -hmm. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it many times. <laughs> most, most people are like that. Yeah? Uh -huh. They have a certain, uh, like, to it, depending if they're straight or gay or bi yeah. or whatever, they'll, they'll see that in people. And I, I haven't. I've never had it quite so strongly, but as as other people did. But I usually it was because I always thought oh, I'm attracted to women, and but then I kept looking at different things from what other people were looking at. Um, but uh, it, the Andrika killed that altogether, and I thought, oh, I I just don't have a sexuality anymore. I feel asexual. terrible. Oh, did yeah, you, asexual. you felt you yep. felt terrible. I I felt terrible about. It. I didn't want to be asexual. Mm -hmm. I liked. It feels good yes. um, <laughs> to feel sexual. Um, and that used to really upset me in the first few months. And also there was another thing, which I think I told you about before as well, that I, I found myself becoming more attracted to guys. Uh-huh, yes. Uh, and I had been already. That was one of the sort of undercurrents that mm -hmm. always made me think that I would buy or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but what actually... Um, what happened was that once about three months on Andrika, I started to feel attraction to, again. And one of the reasons was that I, and, and it was attraction to women. I seemed to feel no attraction to men anymore. And it actually, it's like a needle. It keeps switching from one mm -hmm. to the other um, quite regularly. Even now, Did you... I think I'm not really even stable. Yeah. Knowing, mm -hmm. I mean, talking to all the, uh, the the trans community did you find that that's yeah. i mean i know friends trans fans that's um fairly normal f for her yeah and it's still yeah. the case it's still the case and yep. uh so she just you know she lives with a man but she said that she she mm -hmm. has a uh, sexual attraction and over oh, they they separated but anyway but yeah the, like swinging back and forth is that something that is uh because i know several people who are like that is it common or is it just? Yeah, I think it's quite common. Um, there are people who are stay stay one or the other, definitely. Uh -huh. But I think there's there's also we have a little bit more leeway. I think, mm -hmm. like, because yeah, it's yeah. I, I I say most of the people I've talked to will have will have had girlfriends or been married previously 
yeah, or something like that. And then there are other people who. Then there are other people who definitely don't. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some people. There's some people, people like, going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, going in already knew that mm-hmm. this friend of mine, she's before she she transitioned. Uh, she always thought that he's he's gay at that time, uh-huh. and then uh, and then after the surgery, and at that time she was still living with her then boyfriend, but they they split up, I believe, and mm-hmm. that's when she started to have attractions for women at that uh-huh. time, but she she never had before. Before, yeah, it's really interesting. Now this. Something about that too. My theory is this, because I had this once. My, I said like that. It's like little cogs start spinning inside me again, and I can start feeling attracted towards people. But I was only attracted towards women. And I think what it is is that when you're in a male, a woman in a male body, you're always looking at other women with jealousy, and the jealousy clouds your attraction, any attraction you have to them. And that's what I had. I was, I was every time I'd see beautiful women, I just thought, oh, I just want to look like that. Um, but once you start looking like that, once in yourself, you're not constantly faced with that, that jealousy, then you can start to see what you're, who you're really attracted to. Mm -hmm. And I thought in this case, it's, it's just women. So I sort of thought, oh, I must be lesbian then. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that for a while, but then as time went on, I still feel attracted to men, some men as well. So it's not, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't so definite. And I've learned not to be definite about it now. Yeah. Plus, you know, this day and age, yeah. who needs exactly? To I mean, yeah. if you know, if you know that you you are like one way, like me, sure. Mm-hmm. If you're somewhere in between, who cares anymore? I mean, exactly. The, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, that's what's really interesting that I don't feel very, I don't identify very strongly as lesbian. I can, I go to, um, I went to what I call the how to be a good lesbian course. It was about, <laughs> it was, a, it was a, a, a course for queer women and it was really excellent. I met some really nice people there, but then I think I'm not, I can't stand up and say, oh, I'm a lesbian because actually I'm still attracted to men as well. So, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't even feel strange. It just feels, yeah, that's just me. Mm. And I can't, I don't even say like, I won't come and stand up and say, I'm bi because it's just, yeah, I don't know. Different things happen at different times. You're just And which means I must be bi. You are my sexual. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Um, And uh, that, that I found that was a really interesting experience to see that changing. Um, now, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. So once I came off the, the Andrecur, I started really feeling more attracted to um, women. Uh, to women. Uh, no, and to, and to men. I started oh, yeah, thinking the, the, more about men. The, everything so by comes the time back. I got, um, and then by the time I got to Thailand for the surgery, um, that was two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think I wasn't thinking of anything by that time. That was just uh, just thinking about surgery. And also thinking about Hokkien, because if you saw the, my latest video where I talk, that's just taken two days before the surgery. Ah. Um, now, I'm just going to ask yeah. uh, if it's okay. Can I take a pee break? <laughs> yes, you can. Actually, I'm going to. Why, why don't you do that? And uh, next yep. week, we'll, we'll continue the conversation because I'm going to play some. <laughs> I'm going to do okay. some uh, you know, housekeeping stuff too. So why did you go do that? And we'll finish up. And when you come back, uh, you know, if I'm not done yet, wait for me. If I'm done, then we'll start a new show. How about that? Okay. Yep. Great. And I, Sorry. I, I want to thank you though for for and you can go now. I want to yeah, thank. Okay. <laughs> I don't want you to leak. I don't want you to leak. Yeah, yeah, I won't. Because <laughs> I know about dilation too. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even done that yet. Oh god, there's so much to talk about. Oh, about next week, please come back. Sneak preview. Yeah. I'll just send you my blog link while I'm there as well. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll so, be back in just. A all second. right. Well, thank you, thank you, Kathy, for for letting us get into her life and share uh, stories that she walked through the the her past, and you know, we'll get that while she still wants to share it. <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> Thanks very much. We'll See you next week. See you. <laughs> bye. Bye. And, and then, um, and then uh, you you go ahead. You go ahead. I'm gonna talk to my okay. listeners.
And so, uh, ladies and gentle horse, uh, that that's Kathy, and uh, I I really think that that is so amazing that you know someone would want to come share such a personal journey with us. And like I said, it is such it's so different when you actually hear it from a human being, a, a voice that you can actually hear, a face that you can actually see, a person that you can actually touch that changes everything. Hopefully, it makes you more compassionate, especially to the the gay community. Sometimes can be pretty harsh with the trans uh, community. But uh, before I let you go, and before we uh, uh, carry on the conversation next week with Kathy again, I want to play this Hello. voice. John Ong. This is Scott, you know, Sandra69 on the Twitter, host of the Theater Sphere podcast. Hi, Scott. I just want to let you know I'm listening. I don't care if you're fat or if you're skinny or if you're old or if you're young or if you're Asian or if you're not Asian. <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. Aww. You are a wonderful human being. And every week when I listen to you sing at the top of my show, it fills me with joy. Because I love you, my man. I love you. And you suck because you're not going to suck it. Suckity, 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 that's it. Thank this is a theater. Catch you later. Thank, Bye-bye. Thank you. And I love you too. I wish I could be there, really. If I'm not in... in I actually, last year, I actually thought I was going to sing for your theme song because it was still new, but you were not there. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for the message. I have been asking people to to call in and you can do the same thing, 920-iPhone-1, and talk to us about uh, you know your feedback about the show or whatever or things that you want to talk about. But... Um, uh, you know, do that. You can do that by uh, sending me. Ah, you can do that by sending me email online at gmail.com. You can also tweet me. I love you following my tweet at John Ong, twitter.com slash John Ong. Uh, and also a call. I 920 iPhone 1. Like the last two weeks, I've been getting callers. Thank you so much. Uh, and don't forget, we're going to talk about vaginas with eyes and we're going to talk about dilating the vagina with Kathy next week. Until next week, don't forget to smile, bitches! Yeah.